Hey lovely ladies, it's Jen. I'm a mental wellness weight loss coach and I help women who are struggling with emotional eating. It can be a roller coaster ride of cravings and comfort and just drive you absolutely bonkers. So I break down how you break free from emotional eating, binge eating, chronic dieting, and kind of take a new approach, an untraditional approach to the way we look at eating, the way we look at weight loss, and the way that we look at living. So enjoy. Oh, and just so you know what you're getting yourself into, this podcast is going to be a little bit more behind the scenes, kind of a more intimate view of how I really feel about dieting, weight loss, and just overall health, wellness, and happiness. So there's going to be a lot of different topics discussed, not just dieting tactics and do this, not that, um, because I really don't think that gets you where you want to go. So stick around. It's going to be fun. This podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be used as medical treatment or medical diagnosis. Hello. Okay, today we're going to talk about um, emotional eating and the various root causes of it because it just doesn't happen overnight. And often a lot of things, sometimes we look at um, healing emotional eating and it's such a inner tangled web of different things that can create emotional eating. So um, and it's one of the, why it's so difficult to overcome and release because sometimes we're working on one thing and then we think, oh, we should be fixed. And because there's like six other layers we didn't touch, we think that we um, just we just think we're a failure because we didn't get past it. But really, we just haven't opened the can big enough to um, see all the things and work through all the things. So it is sometimes a it's looking at big picture, looking at like an onion, just peeling away and giving yourself the time and space to work through what you need to. You'll continue to feel better if you don't uh, pick up those. I actually heard a mentor say dick brain thoughts and feelings. I always say lower brain thoughts, but I kind of really like dick brain thoughts better. But if you can catch yourself in those dick brain thoughts and catch yourself, um, before you, instead of saying, oh, I'm not there yet, but you can say, oh, I made progress. You know what I mean? It's really looking at um, where what you're doing in a different light and giving yourself a lot of grace and compassion. Uh, emotional eaters can be so hard on themselves. We can overthink things, uh, just be just incredibly hyper sensitive to what we do and how we show up. And it is rewriting that story and relearning how to think and just like shutting down that mean girl. So today we're going to talk about um, some of the root causes that could be underlying issues of why, you know, you can't stick to healthy habits, why diets don't work for you, why, you know, you're, you know, you should eat, you shouldn't be eating that ice cream, but it's calling your name and you're going to eat it. You know, I, I just, <laughs> God damn it. I'm not actually, I do curse, but for some reason, God damn it. I don't know. It feels a little harsher to me, but anyway. Sometimes I guess it needs to be, uh, needs to be said. So, um, but uh, obviously, um, I would say the first one is just emotional triggers in general. Um, you know, it is a coping mechanism to deal with, uh, things that trigger us. Food can help us feel better and it can, you know, it can give us that grounding we're looking for. So it's a way to cope. It's a way to numb out. It's a way to, 
um, you know, deal with these uncomfortable emotions, you know, emotional eaters do not as, as emotional as we are, we do not like to deal with our emotions. So we don't want to feel sad. We don't want to feel lonely. We don't want to feel bored. We don't want to even people. It's hard to feel happy. Sometimes it doesn't feel comfortable and we don't know what to do with these emotions. So instead we'll eat so we can numb our feelings and just not feel it. But, um, just, I'm going to give you a little, uh, uh, thing like emotions actually don't last that long. You can sit, I don't want you to sit in emotions for hours and hours and like, be like, oh, I'm going to sit in my depression because I need to feel it. <laughs> like, but it, you can actually, there are tools and as part of what my course will take you through of 90, 90 seconds. Emotions can last for 90 seconds of pass through the body. If you allow yourself to just tap into the awareness of what it is and then know other coping mechanisms to replace those feelings with, you can move through this. So it's just a skill set. It's something that's not taught in school. It's not taught, you know, I, I, it would be amazing if what, what would it be like if we, out of the gate, we get emotional regulation, um, like teaching of how to deal with our emotions and know that just because we're hypersensitive doesn't mean that or overly emotional doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. We just feel things more and we're more sensitive and there's something wrong with that. We need people like us. Um, it's just, wouldn't it be nice if we were taught different ways instead of just be quiet or, you know, just deal with that type of uh, scenarios, which maybe you grew up feeling. Actually, that takes me into my my next one. It's, you know, childhood, childhood conditioning. So how we, you know, our relationship to food is very highly influenced by early experiences, early conditioning, and um, it can be a reward system. Um, I'm actually my youngest. I... <laughs> he is a sugar addict. It's crazy. And for everything I know, um, and I, I want him to make decisions on his own and he's still young. And I always think like, too, he loves like peppers and lettuce and, uh, he chooses water often, you know, like he has a lot of good, um, in there too, but it, I don't know, it's just, I try not, it's, it's a work in progress. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, okay. But so sometimes though, a lot of the messaging that we get when we're younger do contribute to how we show up when we're older. It's like they say up to about eight is generally when we put a lot of those, you know, what you learned before eight years old is ingrained in our systems. Our body has memory. It has like muscle memory, mental memory, emotional memory. Like it just remembers, even when you can't necessarily remember the thing, like your body remembers it, like it's in there. And there's, I have heard, so it's epigenetics. If you can't get it, oh, you can't get under the woo-woo of things. Epigenetics is uh, the study of the expression of genes and DNA. And you can have expressions for generations to come up to seven generations. And to me, that feels very logical, very scientifically backed and makes sense. So it doesn't mean that you are going to express everything that's in you, or, you know, think of like two parents that uh, have brown hair and they have a redhead kid. So those genes were in the parents, but they passed it to the the younger kids. So you could have things within you and then they're not turned on or they are, you know, you have, you do have some, uh, I don't want to leave you unempowered. Like you have some ability to turn these genes on and off and you have some control and how they show up. And you have a lot of your choices in your lifestyle will impact how different genes come through. Maybe not your color or your hair, but I mean, you can always go to the hairdresser, but anyway, um, but so, and then now with the science backing, um, neuroplasticity, 
of the ability to change our brains for the longest time, you know, they taught in psychology and different things that your body was, or your brain learned what it learned and it's pretty much stuck. It doesn't have the change. So like they actually taught that you can't be changed. And so if you're thinking, you're hearing like, well, this is how it is. This is how it's too hard. You know, it's harder to change. And now they're seeing like, that was, that was, that's been debunked. Your brain actually creates neurons till the day you die, new neurons, new pathways, new, it can be revived. Um, it might not look like it does when it's two, but it can actually, I mean, even getting older does not have to be the, you know, down, downward hill that has been uh, proclaimed or shown. I know for my generation, anyway, that's what it's like, you're going over the hill. So which means that you, now you're going down. You're not, you don't have to go into decline as you get older. Even our metabolic, uh, uh, like, functions don't actually change until we hit 60. And even that it goes down at a 1% decrease until you're like 90, very, very slowly. If you're able to continue with lifestyle practices and, you know, mental, emotional regulation, mental, uh, you know, nervous system regulation, like hormone regulation, like keeping your body functioning well, doing the things that you need to do. Um, we don't have to see decline. Like we do it. it it's, you know, it looks like that, out of normal, but I don't want to be normal. And if you don't want to be normal, you're in the right place. Um, so just knowing that what happened to you in the past does not have to define your future and you can change like an, an old dog can learn new tricks. So just because that's how you operated or you grew up in a family household that had all um, overweight or heavy eaters or overeaters or emotional eaters does not mean that you need to continue that process. You will be the cycle breaker. Now, will you put a little more work into it? Uh, yes. And will it be challenging at times? Yes. And will it feel weird at times? Yes. And will you want to revert back to who you always been? Absolutely. Because we, our bodies and our brains are wired to keep you safe and to keep you from change. And even if the thing that you hate to do uh, or currently doing, you hate it, you're struggling, and it brings you, makes you feel bad, you're still alive. So your body's like, well, it's still working. I'm still alive. Hey, so I'm going to interrupt myself to tell you a few things that you need to know. Well, first off, I'm so glad you're here. I love that you're here. I appreciate that you're here. And I want you to know that there is a voice recording button in these episodes that you can actually use to ask me questions that you want to know. So anything you're struggling with, anything that uh, you're having issues with, things that you would like more insight on. So emotional eating, binge eating, chronic dieting, and then beyond. So anything I've touched on in any of these podcasts, you, you know, is fair game. And don't worry, I won't share your question or your voice unless you, you can just let me know in the question if you want to be shared. So don't worry about that, but don't forget to get your freebie in the show notes. And of course, if you want to work with me, um, apply in the show notes as well. And there is a DIY option. That's amazing for women that are like ready to go and ready to go now. Uh, and then the next thing is I want to ask you if you are enjoying these episodes and you have found them helpful to leave a five-star review or like by clicking the star or even leaving a review so that this information gets out for more women to hear and more women to, um, get some support. Anyway, back to the show. Love you. Bye. I'm still here. We're still going to do that. We're not going to like bet on something different because it might kill us. So what we're doing now works, you know, like it's a slow death, slow, painful death. <laughs> so instead of, but we're not going to change anything new. And um, for me, I change has been the hardest thing for me. I am a creature of comfort. I love, like I am in the same boat with you guys. 
um, and I have overcome a lot of different things, especially in this arena, but there are other arenas that I really continue to be like, okay, Jen, you've done it before. You have these skills, you can do it. So I'm working on these things right along with you, just in other categories in my life. And I do think that it's important to know that there's always something to work on. So it's not like there's like this, like big oasis that you get to at the end and you're like, oh, you're like, you're enlightened. I think it's just a constant process of different things we want to continue to, you know, work through. All right. I got to move on because I'll be here for six hours if I keep jabbing. But, um, but yeah, just know that the way that you grew up is more or less often what your patterns, like we think that they're truth. They're just belief systems that we've picked up around them. Like if you grew up in India and then you grew up in, you know, Indiana, India, the country, like you're going to see, you're going to have a very different outlook on life. You're going to, you know, have different, uh, food experiences, family experiences, like it's not the same, both are nor- normal because that's what you saw. So what it's, it's how you grew up is not the epitome of how you have to live now. Take the things that you loved about your childhood. Take the things that were um, nurturing, that gave you nourishment that you loved, like continue those traditions, continue those. Um, but just because it was always done in your household or that's how your family's grew up does not mean you have to continue to follow in those footsteps. So whose is it? Where did it come from? And find, find that out. And that will give you some insight of why you do what you do. And then, uh, go get my course, no scale needed. And it'll take you through processes to clear the energetics and to uh, rewire those belief systems. But all right. So, uh, kind of also t- ties into like unresolved trauma. So there are different traumas that come into play. Like some of us have big traumas, like, you know, a loss of a loved one, the grief, um, maybe an accident, something physically happened, or um, there's, you know, many things that we go through in a lifetime. So I don't want to sit here and say that everything's peachy all the time, because it's not, you know, we've all had, like, I've had my fair share of stressful times and um, even being married for 18 years, you know, there was a, a few years in there that like, we did not get along and it was very challenging and that can feel very traumatic too. And like, um, so there's little or tease too, like little traumas. And sometimes it's like a little something somebody said once. And for whatever reason, it hit you just the right way and it stuck and it forever changed how you operate. And it's just a little passing by, like, think of the, all the things that you have said. I know for me, like it has silenced me a bit in my life because I got so afraid of not wanting to trigger somebody or not wanting to create more trauma for somebody in their life. When really like sometimes people's passing by comments have nothing to do with you, nothing. And then we take them on and then we create and play out this trauma in our head of like, nobody likes me. Everyone hates me oh my God, that's what they're thinking and these big assumptions. And really the, it, it's, it's not real. <laughs> and so we can, we can, we can work through those things. And then the bigger traumas, you know, um, I, sometimes you need more, like I have my course, it helps with emotional eating, helps with binge eating, overeating, mindless eating, like how you feel about your body, body appreciation. And then some of you guys, you know, if you've gone through sexual trauma or if you've gone through, um, just some other, even grief. I'm not an expert in grief. Like you want to get some further help. So sometimes we think like, well, I'm already getting help. I'm already doing one thing, but you might need 
different avenues or different expertise on how to resolve the trauma. Um, so it might look like therapy. It might look like, um, I think it's RRM. There's different modalities of therapy. So, you know, date around because sometimes some things, you know, don't work for everybody. And I think that there's different, there's tons of different uh, modalities to, um, though even like some people are getting into like plant medicine and, you know, there's tons of different ways to look at your things. So do, do some digging, you know, what calls you, uh, but know that it's not about even like fixing the trauma. It's like neutralizing the energy and making peace with what has happened to you so you can move on for the future. Um, um, and then, so the next one is your stress and coping mechanisms and trauma and childhood do uh, play into that because they're, they were your teachers of how to respond to stress. So our stress responses, we all have, you know, there's, I go into this in my course, but you have, um, fawn response, flight, flee, a flight, flee is the same freeze, fight, freeze, fawn, please. Those, no, please and fawn are the same. <sighs> it's early. I don't know. There's four of them. And all of us have a different response. So I know for me, my husband, he is a fighter. So when he gets stressed, he fights. Me, as when I get stressed, I freeze. So it's so funny. Like he'd always get so frustrated with me because I shut down. And then I get frustrated with him because he gets angry or fights like he's a fighter. And I'm like, I didn't grow up in an environment that there was fighting. Well, there was, but not like that. Like there was not, we, you know, there was eight girls. So our fighting was like catty, not eight girls. There's eight girls, six girls, two boys, eight of us kids. It was like, it wasn't. There was screaming, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It just, he grew up in an environment that was a little more stressful. And the way that he handled stress is fighting. So learning these, that how we cope with stress has actually helped us in how we respond to each other when we're under stress. So I don't take it as personal when I know he's having a stressful work day. I know that he, you know, I know his triggers and same, he knows mine. And like, he can give me a little bit like, say something and then give me some time to respond and know that like, I am thinking about it. I did take it in. It's just going to give me a day. I need a day to process it and come back to it. So knowing thyself and who you are and how you deal with stress is really going to be helpful to your awareness of how you relate to others and how you, you know, maybe there's not anything wrong with you with that freeze response. Or if you find yourself, if you're like me, like the freeze, like you, your brain actually shuts down. Like, so you, even when you know things, you forget it. That's why sometimes you're not good test takers. Um, it's actually your brain is a chemicals release shuts down, like your access to that information. It's there. You do know it, It, but it's how you're able to operate around stress. So you can't get rid of stress. You want to build your stress resiliency and your coping stress tools. Like you need to learn other tools to deal with stress and other coping that, um, I'm taking my sweatshirt off cause I'm getting hot. There you go. Um, overwhelming situations. And, you know, the emotional eater turns to food. And as much as uh, it's actually like a very effective tool, but the back end of it is, is you put on weight and then you feel bad and you have this inner dialogue that you hate. So what um, I would suggest for you just as a quick tip is put some, I'm not going to say don't emotionally eat um, because, you know, you a lot of times doing too much change at lunch is hard, but if you could put a buffer of time, a window of time between when you feel the stress and when you eat. So it's like delayed eating. So it's like, you're allowed to eat whatever it is that you know will make you feel better, but give yourself a, a buffer of time. Go do something else to try in that window to release the emotions 
and get it to come through you and out your body and neutralize some of the emotions of how you feel and then eat because it's what's what's important about that is it's not creating a brain association our brains are create automatic patterns so what happens is you have a stressful situation you want to eat there's a there's an association already built into play it's going to feel very hard to put that buffer window in initially but if you can do that you can actually create a new pattern where your stressful situation comes up you do x y and z then you have the ice cream the ice cream stays in an enjoyment window not in your stress window it's not associated with stress it's associated with enjoyment same with like things like alcohol or uh just you know it just your, your association to the item you can change you want to energetically change it so putting that buffer is even though it seems like how is this actually helping it is setting up your brain now that needs repetition uh, pattern interrupt, uh, pattern interrupt and repetition and time. And the time window is going to be like relevant to you specifically. So some people it's like, oh my God, they did it for a week and they're, it's amazing. It's like cleared. <laughs> and then some people it's a six month process or a year process, uh, not to make you feel bad, but you will get there. But you know, how long has it been an issue with the one? How long do you hold on to your negative beliefs? Number two, how stubborn are you? Number three, like things like that. Anyway, um, we're moving on. So, you, so the emotional things that can root causes emotional triggers, childhood conditioning, unresolved trauma, stress, and coping mechanisms, um, and then just lack of emotional awareness. Because sometimes you just don't know what you know. No, and it's you know it's funny because this is a lifelong practice. So I think too like. Just know that because sometimes I'll be like, oh, I think I'm doing great. And then when I align myself next to someone else, I'll be like, oh, no, not really. And then sometimes I think I'm doing awful. And then I align myself and I'm like, no, I'm doing actually okay. Like, and you don't want to use others for to make yourself feel better or feel worse, but just know like there's a scale, a ne- an infinite scale of duality on either side. So your emotional awareness, it's just going to be a constant practice practice and depending on the situation it's going to show up differently and you just got to work at it so all right uh social and cultural difference or influences we've kind of touched on this a little bit with childhood but your culture your culture norms and the social environments and our peer pressure um does play a role in emotional eating like think about going out like say you're, you're like i'm not gonna eat today i'm not gonna eat this and then you go out to dinner with friends and everybody orders like apps and are sharing and you don't want to feel left out and feel like the oddball out or not eating the chips and guac like you want to be involved so you eat the chips and guac and then it then because you did something you said you weren't gonna do and you broke a promise with yourself you go fuck it and you're like let's eat everything the ice cream and all the things and then feel really bad so it's like it's very much a mental programming and state versus a swapping healthy habits it's it it is there's so much emotional stuff tied up into why we eat um that impact how we relate to food how we relate to the emotional responses how we relate to our body image um so in social media like you know that's a big um i know for me i find social media to be extremely 
uh, like it, it's a tool. It's like nothing. Okay. You gotta like neutralize everything. So I know for me, if social media starts to become somewhere where I don't like to be, it's because I've been on it too much or I need to work through something myself because there's so much good in social media that you can learn there's so much information out there. So many cool people, like it is a fantastic tool. And then it has its dark side. So it's light, dark side. Everything has a light and dark side. So same to so think about like, fire or knives like they can be destructive or they could be the thing that cooks your food or helps build a home like they everything has a duality to it so if you're in a space where the thing that you're operating with has a negative side like where within you do you need to change like what needs to be changed and sometimes that thing needs to be eliminated which is great or maybe you just need a little break maybe you need a you know social media detags that word can be triggering for some of you. I'm sorry. Um, the, uh, but you can maybe take a weekend off. Maybe you eliminate some accounts. Maybe you actually focus on just looking at things you love. So it is, uh, a, it does awareness plays a big role in this. And then how you respond plays a big role. Um, and then a reward response, how we look at pleasure. You know, I think a lot of us have a story that weight loss has to be really hard that eating is bad. Eating that specific food is bad. Like there's, you know, and how you relate to pleasure outside of food. You know, a lot of us can be very, I know I'm a little bit like wound up and it's taken some time to like, let myself relax. And even that, like I, I can relax so easily on my own at this point. Like I have found, uh, like I love meditation and walking in nature and I can get into such a great, like, I'm like, this is where I want to live. But I have to take that part of me into different stressful spaces. And that's where like the curveball comes in, where you have to learn how to deal with all that kind of stuff. So, um, but like, how do you relate to pleasure? Like, think about that in your life. Do you allow yourself to have pleasure? Were you taught that that it's bad? Were you taught that you have to work hard for things? Were you taught that like, you know, it's funny how we can take other belief systems and other areas in our lives and then apply them to food. Uh, you didn't earn that cupcake yet. Like you can't eat that. Um, or you can have that on Saturday on your cheat day. So then, you know, you're going to really restrict and um, be good. I'm putting my fingers in parentheses. And these brain reward systems can, like they get intertwined with emotional eating. So consuming certain foods, especially particularly those high in sugar that can trigger the release of feel-good neurotransmitters like dopamine. Um, And that leads to a pleasurable response that reinforces that emotional eating pattern too. So there is like a, a scientific portion that our brains actually do feel better when we eat certain foods, but then we emotionally will feel bad about it on the after end. It's, it is untangling that web will help you to release the emotional, uh, uh, eating that comes that you've learned and you've put into place. You are, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You, there's no character defect. It is literally, uh, just a like layers and layers upon layers of just different things that have created what you are today. And you have the opportunity to start today, start to look at things. You do not have to go through this entire list. I just went down and like resolve all of them today. It's it's not going to happen. Um, and if you want more information, well, first of all, in my, in the show notes, there is 
Freedom Within guide. You can go download that and go take a look at that for some starting points and some other tips. And then if you want more support, more structure in how you do things, I have a three-tiered, no-scale-needed uh, weight loss program for emotional eaters, binge eaters, overeaters that you can also start today. Um, well, you can definitely start the today with the DIY. Then there is tiers where I give you one-on-one -on -one, uh, feedback. So those spots are limited, but um, you can go take a look at that and fill out the application. Actually, I should put the application down there too for you. I'll put the uh, program video, the application, if you want to look more into how to overcome emotional eating, especially if you've struggled with it for years and years. Um, I can help you maneuver through and around it and just create a really beautiful relationship with food, with your body. And the upside to that is when you start to kind of move those pieces around with how you operate within yourself or with, with food and your body, like how you operate within yourself changes too, because a lot of it's like boundaries and, uh, how you speak to yourself. Like it's, there's just all these different things that begin to change and, um, it's a really beautiful healing. So, that is today and I will talk to you soon. All right. Love you. Bye.